Larry Richard with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland, Unfiltered, Episode 30, guys, and I'm very excited about where we are. But first, Sheila, for the last couple of episodes, you went home to Portland, Oregon. I went home to Portland, Oregon, visited my dad, my family. I didn't do much sightseeing, but had a great time. And, um, and I had to listen to my dad's phrase. He says it all the time. As the coyote laughs with the cactus, so shall the lips of the chicken be puckered. Can anyone explain this to me? That's my dad always used to no say No way. Yeah, back in the day. No, <laughs> That's the first time I've ever mean? heard that I, in my life. What does that mean? I, I, I'm still trying to figure that out. He's 89 years old. Oh, well, he's Maybe by wise, the time he's 90, he'll explain it to me. But I had to hear this day in and but day But your out. travels, you said, were challenging. 18 hours door to door? Yeah. So our Did you flight was drive? delayed. That's a Pittsburgh I should have. Our flight was delayed from Chicago. So we got on the plane, flew to Vegas. Vegas, we of course missed our connecting flight. So then they sent us to San Jose. We had a five hour layover. And then we finally got to Portland about one o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. I, I'm telling you what, flying anymore is just horrendous. You're always, always going to have nine delays out of Pittsburgh. It's, like a, it's not what it uh, used to be, you know, yeah, wearing the silk scarf direct. and the leather helmet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For Jimmy and Fine I. Fine China. Yeah. <laughs> Fine I get China. A box, if you're lucky. You don't get a box. No, you get you get pretzels. Well, and a tiny bag of pretzels, not even a full serving. Or you get that little biscotti thing, that little caramel. That's oh, actually good. I didn't get the good. biscotti. You'd think I, after 18 hours I would have gotten the biscotti. Two little biscottis that get a lot of you guys. And I, I end up buying them. On, I like them so much I bought them on Amazon. The biscottis. <laughs> Really? Yeah, they got these same biscottis in the airlines. <laughs> They're actually really good. Right? You know what I'm Instead about? of the old mix of I will bring the, nuts I'll, and I'll bring whatever they give you. Really good. Meanwhile, I, I feel like we are hanging out where the cool kids are. Really cool kids. We're at a place in East Liberty that maybe you wouldn't necessarily know driving by Digital Dream Labs. And the CEO is Jacob Hanchart. Jacob, thanks for having us. Thanks for coming. The minute you walk in, it's like one of those movies where the storefront's pretty small, but then the space is very cavernous. You've got a lot going on here. For those that don't know, what does Digital Dream Labs do? What's your mission? So we consider ourselves edtechtainment. So if you think of the idea where you're taking a product, interacting with it, having a good time, and then very subtly you're learning coding or other subjects. That's, that's our uh, mission. And on the table is Victor. Vector. 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 Victor's buddy. Vector. <laughs> <laughs> it's his cousin. So Vector is this mini robot that has, it looks like a, a kind of a forklift front loader. I'm going to put my mic down by him too. Hey, Victor, say hello to Sheila. Hey, Victor, say hello. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's shy. Hey, Victor, say hello. <laughs> that, there he is. He, he, shook his, he, yeah, he shook his head at me. Yeah. I think... Vector's a little intimidated by Jimmy. Hey, Vector. We hey, get Vector. that a lot. You can do a fist Jacob. bump, too, if you want to say, hey, really? Vector. Hey, Vector. Hey, Vector. Drop the attitude. Come on. <laughs> hey, Vector. I love that he's got these little <laughs> these digital Victor, eyes Victor? that look right at you. He's really cute. And he's about, what, four or five inches long and about three and a half inches so, so, tall. So if I get a Vector, size he, of my body, he, he, yeah. he gets used to my voice. Yep. He learns my voice. He that's, starts to talk to me. He becomes my best friend. That's right. And we must 
Steeler games together and drink. Absolutely. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can even look up. Yeah. Stats for you and things like that. Really? And Oh, yeah. 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 After a while, he'll he'll get uh, familiar with your area where your desktop and things like that. But mm-hmm. he is very cat like he pushes things off. He really enjoys doing that. This is but, a great toy for my cat. My cat would go out of his mind. <laughs> yeah. Cat might destroy it. <laughs> well, that's being a member of the family. Really, a yeah. lot of people uh, really become enamored and you can't blame him because he has so much personality. You think of uh, just how we as human beings grow up with a animal like a hamster or a guinea pig or a cat right. or things like that. And essentially he becomes a member of the family too. It's amazing how the mind works, how we can take this inanimate object and turn it into like a friend, like it's human just by taking some human bringing some human quality to it. I guess that's part of the creative process, trying right. to bring human quality. To this. Right. So Jacob, how did you end up here? Where are you from originally? Okay, uh, born in Johnstown, um, okay. d- did my undergrad at Penn State, did graduate work, uh, neuroscience at UCLA. Then I thought, hey, I needed another degree. So I uh, went to uh, Carnegie Mellon, uh, and through that process, met some engineers. We came up with our first product called Puzzlets, which is basically, you think of like Super Mario Brothers meets chess. Mm-hmm. That was one of our very first products. And then we started using that board to interact with uh, robots. And once we saw that was popular, uh, a couple years later, uh, another uh, CMU spin out called Anki. Unfortunately, they they went out of business, but I was fortunate enough that I won uh, the assets in a a, a bidding uh, environment. So they they bid and sold the assets. And I incorporated the IP about two years ago. So the intellectual property is now uh, owned by Digital Dream Labs, and we're bringing back the platform. So that's, that's kind of it and, you know, the, what do you want to call it, an elevator pitch? That's <laughs> tremendous. My neuroscience uh, background is from Community College of Allegheny County, where I just studied neuroscience. Larry's Clarion. Northside University. Your credentials are impressive, Thank Jimmy. You. Don't you guys feel, though, as we go through the episodes that our guests, when they go through the resume portion that we all kind of... I, I sit there at the end and say, what have I done in my life and drink bourbon? <laughs> What's it like to be that smart, Jacob? Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think of intelligence being the most important. I think it's determination and grit. I think Thank that's you. the determination for. Uh, See, we have that. <laughs> Thank you. We have that. I, I, when I think of. Well, yeah, when I think of, I, one thing I think I've been good at is I have a really great team here, and I've hired people who are smarter than I am, and that's important because. Uh, I don't have the answers to everything, and they are able to, we, we talk about things, we come up with ideas, and the most important aspect, though, for the business is the fact we just, no matter what the setbacks are, because there have been a hundred setbacks mm-hmm. that we've had with COVID, and you can imagine everything else, uh, it's the determination, it's the will to get things done. I think that's the most important the, thing. The greatest thing you guys love, when we were kids, we were the race car games, little Christmas, you got the Everyone got that at least one Christmas kid. It's a little kid going over. This overdrive game brings it like to, it's like the game we used to play as kids on steroids. It's like, it's yeah, a whole, whole other thing. level. Yeah. Whole other level. It's amazing. Yeah. How yeah. so? Tell us about overdrive. Okay, so when you think of the, the typical slot cars, like uh, I'm a big fan of Carrera. Uh, so they, they have these cars and there's a track, in the, but you're fixed. You can't mm-hmm. really go anywhere. Versus here, uh, the invention is that you're scanning with a little camera on this track, and this track basically has information that this is reading, and then it's feeding to the, uh, the, 
the uh, car and then to the app. So it's in, in real life, it's almost a very AI-like experience. The car is understanding the environment. So therefore, you can go anywhere. You can turn around. You can also think about having an interactive game, like a video game, where the, the cars are, let's say, shooting each other or battling each other. And you're controlling this through an app? Yeah, okay. on your phone, essentially. And then what's, what's, kind of, what's, what's very interesting is that you can then think about using blended reality, for example. You can think of, all right, let's, let's turn this on my phone, let's overlay this, and now it's a NASCAR experience, for example. Or just as an example, you could have practically any type of environment that you want, or you can have a virtual car. You can play a virtual car with, let's say, someone um, over in Istanbul. You know, you could you could really start thinking of very creative ways to have a game, but that game uh, spans continents, and that's what that's really what makes this very unique. And it doesn't have any guardrails because it doesn't need them. Correct. Now, what we do have a couple just in case because you can get these going really fast. And then, really? Oh, yeah. And then if, if you spin out, like sometimes if you shoot it and spin out, it'll, it'll knock around. But what's kind of cool is it'll find its way back after it gets kind of it kind of gets uh, shot. And I'll just maybe turn this on it's pretty amazing. for a second. But yeah, it's 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 great because the idea with our company, especially when it comes to these products, is you don't just want to just play it once and then it goes up and then then Thanksgiving you break it out again right. right we want constant engagement in ways that people are having a lot of fun and that is key is having this change having new types of modifications new games you name it constantly just be playing with this over and over and over again in different environments with different people and, and just having a good time regardless of what time of year so larry and sheila and i we could race we got three different cars on this track and race each other like that, that yeah kind of yeah that's cool. exactly yeah that's exactly cool. how it works yeah that is cool exactly, yeah. meanwhile this whole time little vector has been <laughs> snapping at us he, I, think, I think he wants in on the conversation i think he's mocking me he's, he's really cute but he keeps yeah he keeps <laughs> eyeing you, you Jim. Bill, look at him he's eyeing you vector is going at her. the ultimate ai <laughs> robot <laughs> companion Yep, this is the 2.0. This is my roommate. Yeah. My oh, what's roommate. Cosmo? I see Cosmo's next. Yeah, to yeah so Cosmo, yeah, he's here. Cosmo's so, a drinking buddy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I would say he's like the older, he's like the older brother. Uh, initially, it started uh, as a d connected directly to an app on your phone, but it's more, let's say, educational focused. So the average age of an owner for Cosmos, let's say, eight years old. For Vector, it's it's 25 years old. So this is kind of like Vector hangs out on your desk while you're you know typing away. Right. And uh, this Cosmo is kind of hanging out in your playroom or uh, you know let's let's just say uh, after school program for uh, a coding uh, robotics class or something like that. Wow, that's it's fascinating. It's like very helpful for kids with special needs too. Isn't it? As well, yes, yeah. So what's what's great about these robots is they, you know, how we're just thinking almost like he's just hanging out with us, as almost like a person, right. and it's very helpful for anybody you can think of, anything, everywhere from a a person, uh, a student on the spectrum, but as well as we have. Uh, elderly uh, patients who need to be reminded to take their medicine, as an example. And we've also, from a mental health perspective, one thing we're very proud of is veterans who are suffering from PTSD or something like that, hmm. who maybe can't eat, uh, handle a dog or a support animal, 
they've said that this has been remarkably helpful. Huh. So it's, it's it, what's great about this technology and what I love about it in the mission here at, at Digital Dream Labs is that this is helpful technology. Right. This, is, this is something to help humanity, to improve our lives, not an antagonistic Terminator future, right? right. Or, or that we're trying to figure out a way to ma manipulate you to you know, get you to spend more money. We're, this, the, the concept here is we want to improve people's lives. We want to improve technology. This is not an intimidating presence here. I mean, this right. is a little four-inch guy, not not a six-foot-tall robot. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that's just it. And that's what the new products are going to be rolling out. There's Kavu, for example, which will be a drone, and it's based off of a hummingbird. And then we mm. have another idea, uh, Bingo. And Bingo is a little robot, but it's 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 based off of a little German Shepherd or things like that. So there's this there's this concept called the Uncanny Valley, and there's the concept is is if you get close to being human but not quite it creeps you out right and so we're not going to even bother to go try to figure out if we're going to make a creepy robot or not what we're trying to do is make it cute and what do you think of when cute you think of animals that we over you know centuries of just interaction uh, have become accustomed to so that's that's really that's how we think of our products in in the home is you have a hummingbird. Here you have a little hamster. There's what, a little what, dog. When will the hummingbird come out? Is it out yet? The hummingbird no, comes, not so, yet. So it's going to fly around. It's a little drone bird. Yeah, so we'll have an update. So we, so we have... Yeah, we, I want one of those. <laughs> yeah, right? it's, cool, it, right? it's very, very cool. So And very clever. And that's a, a partnership we have with a company uh, called Dragonfly. And hmm. there will be an update next week. On the 28th, we're doing a webinar. And we'll be talking about that. So they'll be joining us and talking about uh, you know, this, this new little device that is just like him, but essentially with wings. Yeah. Yeah. And, and wow. Vector, just for people that want to know what he looks like, he's sort of a cross between a tractor and a little bug. Yeah. Tractor bug. <laughs> I know it's cute as hell, though. Yeah. I could see where people would, I mean, you get used to Vector being here really quick. And it's kind right. of nice if you feel like somebody's around it. There's a lot of people, to your point, that spend a lot of time alone and don't have pets. Jimmy has like 40, so he's good with the pet side. <laughs> but that, that's really cool. It is. It is so where can people get your products? What's the easiest way? The easiest way is just to go to our website, uh, www.digitaldreamlabs.com. And we're also upgrading our website in the next uh, couple of weeks to make it easier to purchase. Because for the holidays, we anticipate all of these being sold out wow. uh, for sure. Uh, and with the supply shortages and things like that, we've, we've gone out of our way to kind of like stockpile as much as we can but we're the, the demand for this right now is so extreme uh, right now use use vectors are going for six hundred dollars as an example oh. so yeah. what's the retail for a regular vector so a retail for regular vector will be in the range of three hundred and fifty dollars and then for uh, Cosmo it's gonna be in the range of let's say you know two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars in, in those ranges then you buy a subscription like with Alexa, whatever, whatever, or your cell phone or something like that. Yeah, like to, so to run it. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Think, think of our business model as like a cell phone business model. So right. you know, you go and buy your phone, and then you have like a, a two-year contract that you, you get constant upgrades and things like that. And that's really what we're what we're doing is not only are we having um, an idea where 
you have this business model where it's a cell phone like and that it's it, everyone's right. familiar with it you, know, you pay for netflix and things like that but mm. on top of that it's kind of cool because you become part of a community you can you can share apps you can you can program and we have 1500 people who are actively contributing to the code base that are hobbyists or uh things like that because we have tens of thousands of active customers um and they're they're doing all kinds of fascinating things. Everything from there was this Yale study uh, where they just had FaceTime between students during the lockdowns, mm. and it, it, the, the 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 possibilities with this robot are just enormous. And that's the key. That's actually our biggest problem: staying focused. Right. I'm really, like, because there's so many possibilities. So really, what we've been focused on this year is get these scale up production get get them out into the market and then and then have this community form around it and that's that's part of the subscription that's that's what that's the value you're getting out of it well this is going to be a huge success and i could see and i feel your passion for what you're doing and you're part of this great robotics community here that pittsburgh has become known for uh jacob thank you for letting us come visit oh. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Thanks, it's good Jay. to have some Thanks. company. Well, thank you, Victor. Digital Dream Labs <laughs> in East Liberty. So you've got to go online to check out their stuff. Jacob Hanshar is the CEO and appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. And you. talking about Eds and Meds in Pittsburgh, it's Eds, Meds, and Bots. Yeah. And so we're going to talk to Joel Reed, the Executive Director of the Robotics Institute, in just a second here. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Hyland from Digital Dream Labs. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Hyland, episode 30. We are coming to you from a very cool space, Digital Dream Labs in East Liberty, part of the emerging and I would say flourishing robotics footprint that we have in Pittsburgh. And Joel Reed is the executive director of the Robotics Institute. We appreciate you coming over because you're somebody we want to talk to about this area that people hear about but might not know much about in Pittsburgh. So thank you first. Thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Cool stuff they got going on here at D Digital Dream Labs. Phenomenal, right? And it's one of 100 commercial companies in this area. So we're just starting to get to know many of them. Um, and I'm so impressed with what the team has done here and what a great product and has so many different applications. I just read, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Pittsburgh number one in the world for robotics? We, we like to think so. I mean, we have a really strong argument for that. Either number one or number two, that's huh. fine. We're happy to have that debate. There's really three top regions in the United States, um, Boston, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. Really? And by many measures, Pittsburgh is number one. Uh, we have good friends in the ecosystem in Boston, so we, we, uh, we have uh, that fun debate all the time. It's really measured in terms of the number of companies, the amount of investment, and really what we're doing in a lot of the different markets. And this actually is fairly well known in the industry worldwide. Um, for those in, in industry insiders, but not as well known locally, hmm. and then and more globally and into the general audience. You know, we're trying to get that word out. I have a bunch of questions for you. One is, how did this happen to Pittsburgh? How did this emerge? What's the genesis of the robotics movement? I mean, it, it's fairly well known that, and it won't be a surprise that Carnegie Mellon has a lot to do with this. Hmm. 
I mean, they're number one in most categories when it comes to robotics education, uh, basic science, and, and R&D. And also it is being credited and is still leading the development of the artificial intelligence uh, industry. I, I have a simple explanation for it. You know, we were an industrial leader, you know, um, you know gener generations ago. A lot of it was because of a raw resource, which was coal, right? And, yeah. and coal led to manufacturing and heavy industry. That created Westinghouse, and from Westinghouse and other companies, we created this community of engineers. They actually foresaw a world where we had robotic solutions, and they actually uh, brought one to the New York uh, World's Fair in 1939. So they had this concept of a robot, and then they ultimately funded the Robotics Institute at Carnegie Mellon. Wow, from that's coal, so cool! Yeah. Coal to steel to robotics. Our that's right. Grown. And there's a movie called The Current War, and it talks about. George Westinghouse battling Thomas Edison for which AC or DC, or DC current right. was mm -hmm. going to power America, basically. Right. And it's a fascinating story because the engineers, to your point, at Westinghouse in particular, for me at KDK Radio, the world's first commercial radio station right. on the footprint of Westinghouse mm -hmm. in East Pittsburgh for the first broadcast. But check this out. One radio station had 36 full-time engineers working at one time 24 7. really yes wow to give you an idea Phew. of what it did so many cool things and i hmm. i think in the movie tesla who worked for both of them at one point right. mm -hmm. he i think towards the end of the movie he's looking at the wires that they have strung for the electricity right and he goes someday we won't need all those foreshadow wireless you uh -huh. know and who would have ever thought we would have accessibility to the internet without wires it, it's you know there's a, a documentary the men who built america it's been, it was about 10 12 years it's on netflix you can get it wherever but it, it, it talks about the tesla edison war in, in westing it's fascinating how many how much is, it was grew from pittsburgh actually you know from yeah. you know andrew carnegie you know the, how this country was built on these brilliant minds these brilliant people with this this vision that's beyond belief actually well, well san francisco in the bay area was built upon a similar engineering community mm -hmm. and it was the basis for you know bringing in the third industrial revolution which was information technology and internet applications the world you know that we're completely immersed in today we've always maintained our engineering um depth and prowess uh, but we live more in that physical world right, right, we, right. we're a leader worldwide in manufacturing and so it's coming back around to us because now we're blending artificial intelligence and, and physical manifestation of, of these uh, types of products. And, and I really like uh, what Jacob had to say about the culture here, about determination and grit, because it's so true you know, of our region. Um, we, we like to think big right. and we like to solve real practical problems. Um, with with viable solutions, so a little bit less glitz and glamour, a little bit more things that have you know a daily impact on our lives. Hmm. Tell us what's being worked on now that someday is going to be just part of our everyday lives. I mean, we're working on the self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> do, is that actually going to be a thing in you know 20, 30, 40, 50 years? Oh, of and course. what else is in the works that people would be surprised about? That that again, we may be using it every day. Uh, well, I think the real surprise is, is that it is being used every day. You know, as we went and inventoried what was happening here in Pittsburgh, and, it, and it's really fascinating being in a, 
um, you know, kind of a Midwestern city uh, with a, you know, a really strong work ethic and a blue collar background, we have autonomous solutions surrounding us every day. You know, you come into the airport and there's that uh, automated floor scrubber. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there, there also, you may not notice, you know, there is a recycling unit which sorts out trash appropriately uh, so it can be handled better downstream. You know, you drive on the road. Now we have companies in Pittsburgh that are helping build our roads. And that's important to the problems that we see right now with the crumbling infrastructure. We have robots underneath the roads. They're in uh, mm -hmm. water lines and uh, sewer uh, lines inspecting them and helping remediate so we don't have to tear up uh, the roads mm -hmm. every time you know that we find a problem and have to fix it so they really they're, they're above us in the air they're on the roads we see the cars in Pittsburgh now testing we now have five uh, autonomous car companies <laughs> and then we have uh, one dedicated uh, trucking company called uh, locomation so the leaders are here and uh, you know and so we're really surrounded by a lot of these technologies um, of course self driving cars really promise to change society uh, in a fundamental way, and in ways we haven't even thought about yet. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, in a safety way. We're with Joel Reed, Executive Director of the Robotics Institute here in Pittsburgh. I foresee the autonomous driving vehicles first, and they're already doing that with the technology that's on board many of the new cars to keep you in the lane, alerts sure. to, you know, some cars, mm -hmm. yeah, like, could do it, but... Variations, yeah. You can't drive a block without seeing somebody on a cell phone. And mm -hmm. I said if Texting, they put sure. the death penalty in for distracted driving, people would do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So from a safety standpoint, that's going to be a, a real key to, I think, making it more common to the use of the autonomous vehicles. i got to tell you, my mother-in-law, when she lived in Florida, came up, and I saw one of the Volvos at an intersection. I told her, guess what, Mom? It's nobody driving that car. She goes, get out. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's here. And to your point sure. about some way, yeah. under our own noses, Pittsburghers, especially us natives, are like, are you kidding me? That's all happening here. Yeah. And uh, we have an event tonight featuring some of the pioneers and leading executives uh, in the industry. And they're, they're right here in Pittsburgh. And safety actually was the impetus behind a lot of this development. Uh, in fact, you know, when, when they started looking into it, they did not realize how big it would be, but they decided that they were going to create cars to drive themselves. <laughs> and, and what they said was, is that it's going to save lives. And that is the primary mission, you know, of these companies. Why Pittsburgh for all of that? We are the epicenter for that in the world. Yeah. So the story, again, is Carnegie Mellon University and a lot of the investment that's gone in there to building uh, the basic science behind this. Hmm. Um, why they've stayed is, is I think, the rich um, engineering community that we have, but also part of the story is culture. Uh, again, we just like to work on these hard problems. Um, you know, we have a very nice um, balance in our lives between work. Uh, Pittsburgh's a wonderful place to be. It has a great culture. Um, and so, you know, in today's world uh, where maybe some of the coastal regions are becoming a little bit more untenable, 
uh, to live in, plus you're building things, right? So you can't just uh, start your company, a robotics company. You can maybe get it started on the business plan in a coffee shop, but at some point you have to start building things. And mm -hmm. so you need some more space to be able to do that. And so we have really great infrastructure here. We're starting to reuse a lot of what's been here, you know, before. Changing, and, changing over from like from the steel industry, or whatever, you mean, like that kind of thing. Are they a lot of our place? companies are in old steel mills. Uh, yeah. The Heppenstall yeah. Mill, you know, down mm -hmm. in Lawrenceville was yeah. converted and is now occupied by Carnegie Robotics. Okay. And so you need those high cool. bay environments to do that type of work. And we mm. need to get the word out more in Pittsburgh because, as you mentioned earlier, it seems as if the rest of the world is looking in at Pittsburgh and CMU and seeing what's going on, and yet you said a lot of Pittsburghers really don't understand all that's happening right here in our community. And, and even worldwide, people know about CMU, but they know a lot less about our commercial uh, community and business. And that is what uh, we uh, intended to do with the Pittsburgh Robotics Network. Mm -hmm. So we promote this community. We promote it locally, so we appreciate this opportunity. Sure. Um, and we promote it worldwide in industry networks. But we're also making a lot of those strategic connections. We have a lot of wonderful technical founders. Where we need to do more is, is to bring in some business expertise and, and industry knowledge uh, and experience. Uh, to help grow those companies. What about attracting people to this area? Because, you know, we don't have the ocean like the left coast or some of the other amenities, but as we just found out. Well, we have out, great weather, though. Oh, great. <laughs> we have seasons. You can do something about that in the future. We'd appreciate it. But we found out that affordability and the neighborhoods offer kind of a home feel for even the people that come out of town. They say, man, Pittsburgh's so friendly. The people are so nice, so willing to help. But it's also one of the most livable cities from a cost of living factor. We just found out it is number one in America affordability when it comes to rent. Mm -hmm. So how do you attract people to Pittsburgh? And what's been your experience when somebody comes here that's never been here before? Yeah, the, the, the old saying used to be is, is that the hardest part was to get them here, but once you had them here, it was easier to keep them. Right. And the, in business and, and in career opportunities, the old challenge used to be that um, I would come from one company, you know, the, the scale of the commercial activity here was much lower uh, 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now we have an entire ecosystem. We have 100 uh, robotics companies developing commercial solutions in Pittsburgh today. I mean, that puts us right there at number one or number two. And then with our very strong ecosystem, you know, we have about 140 total organizations, you know, within our network. Uh, affordability is really in, important and not just for where you live, but building your business. Uh, when sure. I would talk to investors and I would tell them our, uh, our rental rate, you know, they would say, hmm, that's not too bad. And I would say, well, that's per year, not per month. <laughs> uh, and, you know, so it's an order of magnitude, you know, different. Um, you know, that may change as we continue to grow, but um, we have a lot of room for growth. And the other thing I'll say about Pittsburgh is we're truly authentic, right? And I find that a lot of our uh, founders, again, they have that their mission and vision driven to solve some societal problems. And so being part of that authentic uh, authenticity of this city just makes it a really great place to build a company. Yins are so right about that. <laughs> yeah. And we're yes. leaning into it, and I love it. That, that is our character. <laughs> yeah, J Jacob Hanshar, the uh, CEO behind Digital Dream Labs, they don't just want to make stuff just to make money. I believe they want to be able to help people and entertain them at the same time in their case. I think that's a great mission to have. It, it's Absolutely. a it's a phenomenal mission. I'll say one other thing too is is that uh, one of the things that we need to do is is inspire people, not only educate them about what's happening, but there you know there are a lot of communities that are not connected, 
to -hmm. these new technology industries. And um, we're finding that part of it is just simply being inspired and then realizing that they can participate in what's going to happen. So we're, we're going to work on a little bit, but products like these, I mean, we saw how exciting it is and it's a yeah, lot of fun and fun. really it's cool you know, stuff. Yeah. Where are you from originally? Uh, I have ties to southwestern Pennsylvania. I grew up in other parts of the country, uh, including Florida and actually Louisiana. Okay. Um, and uh, I spent some time working in the Bay Area and uh, myself and my family, we just find this a great place to be. And, you know, 20 years ago when I came back, people spoke about Pittsburgh as a startup. There was just tremendous opportunity. There were a lot of raw resources and a lot of people um, that were just working to make it better. And that has already happened. Now we're kind of going to that next stage. And you can hear the excitement you know, in my voices. Um, we already are here hmm. and it's true. I think a lot of people in the, in, in the region just don't understand that. So that's our mission is to tell a lot of folks. Where do you drive people who want to learn more about what's going on in robotics? We actually do a tour. Um, we, we have major corporations, global corporations that come in, investors, and we'll do a tour starting at the convention center and take them right down Robotics Row. Cool. And right there we can point to Facebook, Bosch, you know, okay. Uh, you know, Carnegie Robotics, uh, and then we come up this way through the university. So Double wide grill, side side. <laughs> so, that so, place. so robotics, <laughs> robotics rows, what, Oakland's at the robotics yeah. whatever, that's robotics row. Robotics row is uh, the strip in Lawrenceville uh, as a geographical area, right, right. but but then there's uh, off ramps that run up towards Oakland and then down towards Mill 19 in Hazelwood. I just got another slang, so when everyone asks, you got to see robotics row. Where's that? Robotic row. That's, 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 that's it's, it's, it's one square mile, and there's about forty to forty-five companies in that area, in the strip. and that it, in the strip in Lawrenceville. And is there a lot of collaboration, or are you all competitive with one another? No, I think we're still at a stage where there's a lot of collaboration. That's actually one of the other things that we're trying to do as a network, which is just to uh, accelerate that. A lot of people have been heads down building their companies, being successful, but there's a lot to be gained from creating those relationships and collaborations. And that's what, what we saw historically in the Bay Area. Really? You know, between hardware companies and software companies. And so we're still in that very fun stage where, you know, we're a collegiate uh, group. Before it um, gets cutthroat. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, and seriously, what, and what a great. cool <laughs> job to have in being in robotics, yeah. if, if well, you're smart enough. Joel, thank Which, you. And by the way, there, there are a wide range of jobs. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to be a so, PhD. So oh, okay. there, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. Okay, good. There's, there's <laughs> for, for us For yet. me as well. Look, if I'm employed in the region. So, you <laughs> we want to be part of the Yenzer think tank. Oh, yeah. We'll pick it up from there. little Stanley robot. I'll let you handle that. Joel Reed, the executive director of the Robotics Institute. Institute. Appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Cool stuff. Thank you. Thank you for having Thanks, us. You're welcome. Thank you. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland. More from the Digital Dream Labs in a second. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland. We're at episode 30 and we are at the Cool Space Digital Dream Labs in East Liberty near this, as we found out, this whole world that maybe a lot of Pittsburghers didn't know exist when it comes to robotics. Jacob Hanchar is the CEO of the Digital Dream Labs. I think a lot of people would say to you, Jacob, you have such a cool job because you are constantly playing with toys that are mm -hmm. significantly, I mean, artificial intelligence, but you get to do stuff that people only dream about doing. Uh, yeah, thank you. It, it really is a privilege, actually, to have this experience, to deal with these types of products, and 
really feel like we're on the cutting edge of something different, new and innovative, right? Mm -hmm. This, uh, we're, in a way, we're pioneers. Uh, yes, we're selling these uh, in the store, but for example, this is Butter Robot, and we have this brilliant engineer, uh, Brian Gardner, and he came up with this thing called Garbage Brain. And it's probably the closest thing to true AI that you can think of. And we were just thinking, okay, how do we make this robot funny? How do we make it more realistic as far as like comedic timing and things like that? And what makes comedic timing is like improvisation, right? This idea that you're kind of like putting things together that maybe don't always make sense, but are kind of like you think, oh, that's clever. So that actually represents a leap forward, in my opinion, of actual real AI. And it was just incidental to, you know, trying to form this product. So yeah, the, the, the people uh, at Digital Dream Labs are brilliant and they're bringing fascinating things to market and it's just a privilege to watch it come to life, for sure. Jimmy, cool. Vector's going to be known open stage. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Vector <laughs> opens up time. for you sometime when you do your stand-up. Uh -huh. Next show, it's Steamworks. Bring Vector up, man. Please welcome Vector. I want to learn more about what Vector can actually do. So it's kind of, I, I'll joke slightly. I'll say like, well, he doesn't really do that much. You know, there's, there's this concept that we have uh, in robotics that, you know, you have to have this list of things that, okay, does this, 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 mm -hmm. this, right. and this. The perspective we look at from is, who is he? You know, you know, like, when you have a best friend, you don't go like, all right, dude, what do you do? Like, you know, it's, you know, you know maybe you ask what his job is, right? But that doesn't make the person 100%. So what we try to think, how we try to think about the, the robots is, all right, who are they? What's their personality? And then what, what are their characteristics? And then that kind of, dictates what they are going to do. So, I mean, when you take a look at Vector, he kind of is, he's goofy, he can do searches for you, stuff like that, but that's not why people, uh, that's not why people want to buy him. Uh, when, when they buy him because they want someone to listen, right. or just to chat, or because the idea is that when the robot's looking at you, there's no judgment. You know, there's, there's this concept of, of it, 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 I would say, input and no output. So there's, you know, whenever, if you said something to me and I might like go, you know, make a facial reaction, I'm immediately judging you, right? And, you're, and then you're like, oh, I don't even know if I want to talk to this person anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Vector doesn't have that. Vector's just going to like, no matter what you said, he's, he's, he's just going to like, oh, not, you know, in, in, in whatever, he's going to accept uh, if you're in a bad mood or a good mood and things like that. He's not going to, uh, basically cast stones in your direction and really but that's it that's the idea like, man, you know you're yeah. going bad if you're at the bar going Vector and I aren't even talking yeah exactly Vector hates me I can't think I say Vector judges me on yeah exactly yeah. Right now. I, I would say I would, yeah so you can you can give him temper tantrums like if you pick him really? up and hold him upside down he'll like ah and be like that and that's that's cute and things like that but um, no the, the idea is the idea is like uh you know what? What is he to you? What? 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 Oh, okay. What? What kind of things? And that's where we make the modifications. For example, uh, we so we did a one, we went to one point six to one point seven uh, software upgrade. Okay, it was extremely controversial. Okay, uh, a lot what of way? people got upset because Why? we changed the inflection of uh, Vector's voice slightly, <gasps> oh. and a lot of people wrote angry letters to me saying like how I had basically kidnapped their child and <laughs> and. <laughs> And had like you know, their child's possessed, and what did you do to my little? And so yeah, 1.7 upgrade, very controversial update. 
Uh, the other thing we learned with that update is that if you had a Scottish or Welsh accent, yeah. he had a really hard time understanding you. So, really? <laughs> yes, yeah, so we eventually had to design around that if someone had a really thick Scottish accent, uh, any other accent, no problem across the planet, but Scottish just, just fry his brain. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, so that, that was in Do you put in a disclaimer on the box? <laughs> if you are Scottish, you have a Scottish accent, yeah. please don't bite no, this product. No, we spent a lot of time like trying to fix that. So now, now the, you know, the, they call it natural language processing, right, yeah. NLP. So now that's fixed, that's rectified, but, um, yeah, that it just it was very interesting um, uh, that he was having a hard time understanding it. So yeah, one seven also had that problem too. So whenever we finally upgraded to one eight, we learned all these lessons. But it gets back to the concept of you can have him do what you want him to do. That's important to you, right? That's that's what makes this so innovative. If I want to change his eye color or make him uh, talk in a particular inflection or have him go and grab me my, you know, whatever, uh, you can do that and you can, you can kind of have that experience because there's, uh, there are levels. One, you can just use the programming we've done internally and you can use that as an app. Or if you really are a hobbyist and you're into this big time, then you can program him and do all types of uh, fun things. How, how far are we? from a robot being like a personal assistant, like, you know, go, Vector, go to, you know, Giant Eagle Food Shop for us, or go, whatever. Is that, is that within 20 years, 30, or less? Can you get, we, we, we'll get there one day, don't you think? We'll, we're, Maybe, we have self-driving cars. Right? We're, we're, I would say we're very we'll get there? close. Yeah, well, you take a look at, look at, look at Pong, for example, and how that game, right. which is two boxes, kids, basically, yeah. and how far augmented reality and virtual reality have come. I think you're going to see that same level of development in the next 20 to 30 years with robotics. For sure. Years be an hey, and as far I, as toys go, I was playing with a pet rock, you know, true. 20 or 30 years ago. We've come a long way since yeah, then. I remember it's the true. mood ring was amazing. <laughs> mirror, remember click clacks. Yeah, click clacks. Click clack, click. Right? Those are great. So, you Jacob, you brought up augmented reality, yeah. and we had talked about that's kind of where the future's going for gaming too and other things like people are learning to swing a golf club with augmented reality and all kinds of stuff that you're going to integrate with your cars too correct that's right so explain for someone that doesn't know what augmented reality is i mean jimmy and i have been living in augmented reality in for yeah. quite some time <laughs> i've often said that <laughs> Yeah, so there's so there so I so there's three things. There's virtual reality, which you can think of like putting on a headset, and you're in an environment that's 100% quote unquote fake, right? So there's that's that's VR, AR, augmented reality is this idea that you're taking technology and laying it over real life. And Pokemon Go is probably the most successful example of that. Like, hey, go pick up a poke, go catch a Pokemon next to you know your bank, you know your ATM. So you go, ah, I captured my Pokemon, yay! So there's there's that concept as well. So that that's augmented reality. And then where we thrive and where we come together is what's called XR, which is blended reality. And I really think that's going to be the big push forward. Is that you're taking physical products to give your sense, uh, you know, grounding yourself in reality, but then using augmented reality and, and elements of virtual reality around it to kind of build your world. And that's really where we see our products coming in. Is that we have a platform. Not only is it a uh, 
a robot that you could add features and do other things to that. It's part of a universe because we have um, a, uh, a Cosmo and Friends is launching on YouTube. It's a it's a cartoon uh, with our partners uh, and the Cosmo and Friends. You'll see it this Friday when they're going to drop the first three episodes. You're kind of building this world of of Cosmo and his his friends. And then you can start thinking of, okay, now that's in the cartoon, what can we do virtually to add to him in the real world? So um, I'm a child, I'm watching Cosmo and Friends, and now I have my Cosmo in my hand, and now all of a sudden I can start thinking of adding all kinds of cool features, or, oh, there's a new uh, character that's been introduced, Kavu, for example. She comes and rescues him, basically, gets stuck in a tree. I'm not going to spoil, I don't want to do too many spoilers with the episode, but th that's the idea, is that you're taking what you're seeing you know, virtually, and then taking real life products and blending them together. And that's, that's where we excel. I really, that's where Puzzlet's the very first product we did. That's how we started. We're taking like chess pieces and we're moving a, a character virtually on a screen. And so it's kind of like chess meets Super Mario Brothers. And that really has never left our company. It's kind of like the, the core of our uh, development. What do you do to relax? Do you uh, watch t t regular TV? I mean, well, I have six children, uh, oh, so well, I basically play. There's yeah, no relaxing. Play with them. There's no, so, no relax. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. So what I did, uh, we we were we were we what the Batman came came out, and so that's yeah. what we were watching last night. You know, my older children and I were watching the Batman. So that, I think that's that's what I did uh, to, to relax. And I like to play the Easter Bunny too. That I like to go to Sarah's Candies and go and get the chocolates and arrange everything like that. <laughs> So it's things like that, things that are from my childhood that right. I, I really enjoyed and I remember, so I'm kind of like reliving my childhood. Do style. each of your kids have a Cosmo or a Vector? Yeah, so yeah, they, they, each, they each have um, their own appointed, yeah, you can see the, the difference in ages too. My mm -hmm. oldest, who's 14, of course, is more Vector-like, and then, you know, my daughter and my, my second son, third child, uh, you know, is more into Cosmo. So you can kind of see how it goes through the generation, not generations, but age groups, right. let's say, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough for spending some time and sharing the future with us. Yeah. Digital Dream Labs in East Liberty. Jacob Hanshaw is the CEO. And uh, thank you to you and your team. And we're going to find out what the future brings thanks to you. Thanks, Jake. Absolutely. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland in our own augmented reality episode 30 download the free odyssey app a-u-d-a-c-y you could check out our podcast or go to kdkradio.com